Well, welcome everybody and everybody on online. Uh, glad to see we've got a good attendance today because the first thing uh, I would like to announce is the vote is going to take place for uh, uh, Pastor Adam Wolfgang to be our interim pastor. So uh, there is a ballot uh, in front of everybody here. Uh, please fill it out, member, non-member, uh, yes or no. And uh, when the ushers collect the, uh, the uh, offering, then uh, put your ballots in the collection basket and they'll deal with those later. Uh, I guess there's just a couple things here I should announce. Uh, uh, I'll just read it. Uh, we will have uh, all together now classes from June through August at both the 8.30 and the 10 o'clock service. Uh, this is for the uh, K-4 through grade, uh, K-4 GR3 it says, whatever that means. And as far as Rock is concerned, uh, uh, for parents and students, uh, grab the summer schedule sheet in the lobby along with instructions for signing up for Rock and uh, get updates. Uh, I guess through a VIA text. Again, I don't know what VIA means, but most of you probably do. <laughs> uh, we have uh, uh, our missionaries that we're praying for specifically are Ashley and Leanda San Filippo uh, with uh, Treehouse up in Minneapolis. So, so, so keep that couple in your hearts. They're really doing a bang up job, and and uh, with kids that are. That are really in need of uh, self-assurance and, and inclusion, and uh, no better place than uh, uh, with uh, fellow Christians who would be a much better influence than some of the gang members on the street. We all need somebody, and uh, Ash and Leanna are really filling in a, a very important role for us as a church. So, what else we got here? Uh, I know I'm forgetting something. I'm going to come uh, up again and introduce Pastor Ed Riddick. Um, he has uh, a lot of founding history in this church, and, and he'll be giving us a message today. Holy Father, uh, uh, we, just, we just praise you. Uh, we ask you to, to bless Pastor Riddick's words to us today. Uh, we thank you for being so gracious. And so, so uh, uh, fruitful, allowing us to participate in worship, worshiping you, praising you, um, allowing this church to prosper as it has for so many years. And uh, we just know that you will, you will just exercise your power and make this church what you want it to be. And we just thank you for for all the material blessings that you've showered upon us. And at this time, we wish to share them with you that you might use those funds, uh, use the leadership in the church to, to uh, distribute those funds, to, to use every bit of them for your glory. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. I guess this thing takes two cycles. <laughs> I've only been here since 93 and been involved with 
either a deacon as a deacon or or elder pretty much ever since then. But there probably aren't very many people in the congregation that know the name Ed Riddick. Uh, personally, I, I can't say that I've ever met Ed, but Ed has been here much longer than I have and probably uh, was most instrumental person in this church to establish uh, leadership. Uh, back when they first started, I understand he was very influential. So uh, welcome back, Ed. Where are you? There you are. Welcome back, and uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I th I'm sure that you can fill in a little bit of history on your your affiliation with the church and how it first started. So sure. happy to have you. Do they want a report? <laughs> they can give me a report. <laughs> well, I know uh, Jim Wise and Sue. <laughs> um, I'm not sure who else uh, would know me here, actually. I was trying to figure it out, the date, uh, the, the year, and um, somewhere around 1985, so 85, 86, somewhere in there. Well, today we're looking at uh, James chapter 1, really verses 19 and 20. But I'd like to read the, um, the whole paragraph that it's in. It's really about uh, listening and doing. This is James chapter 1, verse 19. I'm reading from the New International Version, um, I think. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Everyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Well, this morning I'm going to focus on verses 19 and 20. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, because the anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. So, my question for you is, do you listen very well? Uh, do you, uh, uh, in your conversations, do you interrupt the one speaking? 
I call it stepping on each other. I don't listen to a lot of talk radio anymore, uh, but I do listen to uh, the five at five, Fox News. I actually uh, like the topics they talk about, but I detest their style. They interrupt each other like boys and girls in, I don't know, third grade. And if you're in third grade, I don't mean to pick on you. Do you have a problem with anger? What would your spouse or family say if I asked them the question? Uh, some people blow up and other people's clam up. But it's the same. They still have anger. Do you have a strategy to deal with your anger? Would you like some help? Well, this passage actually gives it. And if you are, any truck drivers here? Farmers? Well, I'm not sure what you guys do. <laughs> But on Thursday, if I had your telephone number, I'd like to be able to call you and say, what was the message about? And I'd like for you to be able to give me the three steps that James, the half-brother of Jesus, gives us in this passage. So, be quick to hear. I'm not sure. I guess there's a... I think that the end result of all this is that we need skills to have good relationships. And, and I'm not sure that... <laughs> Interesting concept. Well, there you go. You guys can help me out, John. I appreciate that a lot uh, because uh, I think this will distract me. So I think that the result of, of having communication skills is that you're happier. And usually the time that we have problems uh, are with those closest to us. A family. Our biological or our physical family that we live with, but also church families have issues. So I think that the, the, our desire is to be skillful in communication. So number one, I'll just leave it for a minute. First, listen to understand, not respond. Listen to understand, not respond. The cause of stepping on each other in conversation is really self-centeredness. Uh, sometimes in our conversations, we're like two ships 
passing in the night. We know there's a light out there on some other ship, but we don't know anything about that ship. And we don't listen very well. I love it. <laughs> listen to understand, not respond. Self-centeredness is the cause of having always being ready to say something before the other person finishes. They say that women talk a lot. Uh, that's the nice for me. Um, but I've been on fishing trips in Canada a few times where it seems to me that men could talk and talk and talk and say nothing. I mean, the fish last year that someone's telling a story about is 15 inches, but this year it's 16 inches. You know, it grows over time. And, and when one guy's telling a story, there's another guy thinking of the story that's in his head. And so there's kind of a hierarchy of storytellers among men, and they just step on each other. But they're not really celebrating the story that one person's sharing because they're quick to respond and not to listen. I'll tell you this. Uh, I believe that the impact of feeling heard and understood is what I would call intimacy. It's, it's not so much physical as it is an intimacy of the soul. But the people I meet weekend and week out are hurting because no one hears them, understands them, accepts them. So I think James just says, be quick to hear. Listen. Listen to understand. Turn off cell phones. Plan date nights or date lunches or date breakfasts. Who cares? And I think that this issue of be quick to hear is not the same as a top-down hierarchy either in a family or in a church. I'm saying that when you look at Acts chapter 15, that is a chapter that you're dealing with the absolute most important theological issue in all of the New Testament except the deity of Christ and the sacrifice on the cross. And that is, as a Gentile, do I have to become a Jew in order to be saved? Pretty important issue, right? And so it says in Acts 15, 22 and 28, it seemed good to the apostles and the elders and the whole church. And then verse 28 says it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. That is collaborative leadership. And I'm just saying that James is telling us a way to have excellent relationships, and that is 
to be quick to hear. And I say, that says, listen to understand, not respond. Now he goes on to say, be, be quick to hear. And he says, be slow to speak. And so, uh, if you, is, a verse, is there a verse there? Yeah, look at that. Let's say it together. Uh, you know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Help me out. Now, everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. Now, I'll tell you that uh, a little thing about bring about the righteousness of God. There was a time when I lived in Wapaka, and I, along with a friend of mine, we got into, uh, actually, he got me into driving VW diesels. And uh, only three things can go wrong with them, except the tires. Anyway, so uh, I was working on removing the head of this diesel engine inside this car. And I got, I think it was seven bolts off, and the eighth bolt did not want to come off. And so I put a lot of, you know, fluid on there, and I waited overnight, and I worked on it the next evening, and then it still wouldn't come off. So in my impatience, I said, you're going to come off one way or the other. Yank. Yank. It came off. Well. The head of the bolt came off. Now I got a new problem. I got to take the head off, but now I got to dr drill it and tap it so that I can put a new bolt in there. So not only does the anger of man not accomplish God's righteousness, the anger of man, now listen, this is so important. The anger of man doesn't accomplish what? You want it to, or what I want it to. I mean, we don't have to go back far, and, and, and you know, you've all probably heard of, you may not have seen it, of Will Smith, and I think it's Chris Rock. You, you, you guys have heard that story, right? Maybe you've seen the clip, okay? I've not only seen the clip, I've downloaded the clip, I've listened to it over and over, and do you know how many seconds? It took from the time Chris said what he said until uh, Will Smith came up and smacked him. 61 seconds. 61 seconds. Be quick to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to anger, for the anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. So, be slow to speak. Hush up. There's a time to step away and hush up. I could say it more rudely. I could just say, shut up. Slow to speak. I've worked hard for about 10 years or more on the issue of communication. If, if I had, you know, if, if uh, we had all the couples here say, 
you know, respond and say, what is the number one area that you would like help on? I've actually asked this in surveys, and 70% uh, of the people I've surveyed say that their number one issue is communication. Now, you don't know it. It's very subtle. But in this passage, James gives us three laws, three of the 14 laws of how to communicate effectively. Be quick to hear, listen to understand. Be slow to speak. That is, hush up. Now, one of the questions that you could ask is, is there a time to speak up? Because some people never speak up. And so there are those of us who always say what we're thinking, but there are others who say an awful lot, but it's in their head. They don't speak up. And so that would be a question for a small group to ask. Is there ever a time when we should speak up? Two things. So do you need to, to hush up? Do you need to shut up? The telltale sign of stepping on each other is stepping on each other verbally. That is, slow to speak, one of the telltale signs that that's not happening is when people step on each other verbally. Now, the passage goes on. It says, slow to anger. Be slow to anger. So let's, I think I have the passage up here. Let's say it again, starting with uh, be quick, okay? Be quick to hear, help me out, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. So be slow to anger. I learned to take timeouts. I do I have that up there? Yeah. Interesting passage in Proverbs 17, 14. The beginning of strife is like a dam breaking. So abandon the quarrel before it breaks out. How do you do that? Slow to anger. I call it take a time out. So is, uh, is anger a problem in your life? Uh, if you are going to learn to manage your anger, you need to have the insight that anger is not working for me. And you need to make a decision. See, James says it. He says, be doers of the word, not merely hearers only who fool themselves. So if, if you're going to, to conquer this thing of, of anger or, or not listening to each other, uh, you need to make a decision to learn about how anger is at work in your life and make a commitment to change. When you're about to break out in anger, like this guy. I might even have another picture or two. Yeah, I do. And and I think, let me see the next one. <laughs> it isn't only men. You know? I, I, I've been told about husbands who, <laughs> yeah. And actually, that's a very interesting series because how we respond is a pattern. 
It's actually a habit. And this habit is it's triggered. We, we get triggered some way. And just hold it right there with the trigger. Some triggers are normal. They're, they're, they're very common. Uh, fatigue. Uh, a little sickness. We got up on the wrong side of the bed. That happens, you know. Try to figure out why am I irritable today. Sometimes you have no answers for that. You just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And then there are some triggers that are kind of behind the scenes. I don't have it on this diagram. It's not in the series here. But uh, I remember uh, that there are hidden triggers, sort of like getting uh, going to Florida and being on a beach and getting sunburned and then coming back to Wisconsin and have someone put their arm around you uh, when you have a shirt on or a blouse on or something, and uh, you jump because you have a hidden sunburn that they didn't see. Well, there are hidden things in our life that others don't see. In fact, sometimes we aren't even aware of them, and they cause anger in our relationships. So. One, uh, I remember the, the hidden triggers by the word sate. It's an 18th century word. S-A-T-E. Uh, story. We have this story about what happened. My sister tells me stories about my childhood that I couldn't remember for anything. And she seems to think that she knows exactly what happened. And that's only a few years ago. But she believes them, and she's emotionally attached to them. Now, you have your story, and another person has their story, and they're different. People don't generally, my sister's not lying to herself or to me. That's how she remembers it. There's no, there's no um, uh, bad intent in her, but she has her story. I have a different story. And believe me, it is different. <laughs> uh, and what I've discovered is that it takes her story and my story to come up to a semblance of what might be the real story. Of course, you and I would know that the real story is the story that God knows. And, and he knows the story very well. And then some of us, we carry those stories. Well, my sister's telling me the stories. Not recently. We're we're in a good relationship, honestly. But about three or four years ago, she, she was really upset telling me a story. And you know, after a while, and I and I and I know that it's hard to let go of a story that we've attached ourselves to emotionally. But there it should be a shelf life on stories. So that there is a time where the two of you or whoever's involved could kind of just walk into the shower and let all that stuff wash away. So, trigger emotions. And go to the next one. Uh, take a time out. Stop. Step away. Don't say anything because, look, put it, yeah. Uh, that line doesn't look whole. 
it's not. Something's wrong with it. But the distance between the time between the trigger and the emotions is three hundredths of a second. Two hundred and fifty miles an hour in our brain. Thus, a sixty-one second clip that we've seen related to Will Smith is very fast, and so it is what we would call an auto response that becomes a habit. Now, what we know also is not only is is this an auto response, but we also know that it can be broken. Auto responses can be broken. And James is giving us the key to breaking an anger cycle. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, because the anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. Now, here's a couple of illustrations just to demonstrate that we know that auto responses can be broken. Uh, is Scott Abadarison? Okay. Yes. Okay, next verse. Uh, well, uh, I have to check this out with someone uh, close to the pro football uh, world, but uh, my understanding, you know, you've heard them talk about uh, watching the films. You've heard that. Well, nowadays they don't have to use films. It's recorded digitally. And so they can actually put this on, gla on virtual glasses so that they can actually watch the game from the week before, in terms of playing the opponent, they're going to see this next weekend. And what are they doing that for? So that their normal response to the guy across the line from them uh, will not surprise them. They'll actually know exactly what's coming. And without taking out a wristband playbook, they'll be able to react quickly because they have been training themselves to respond that way by breaking what would be an auto-response. Now, you don't know this, but uh, you may, but uh, in the uh, professional uh, aviation community, pilots, commercial pilots, have to go down. Uh, usually, I think it's in Florida. And they, they, they're put in simulators. I think it's every six months. It might be every year. But what they're doing is, uh, they put the simulator into what's called an unusual attitude. And so pilots, you might think that they just respond instantly with what they're supposed to do. But in fact, that's not what happens. Their auto response is not what they should do. And so in these machines, they train them so that their auto response is their right response. All I'm saying is that when emotions rise, thinking goes down, and then we respond in anger very quickly, it is a pattern that needs to be broken. And James says the way to break it is be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And I would just say take a time out. Step back. Don't say anything. Do something that soothes you. Ask yourself reflective questions. Because the way we think 
what we're thinking also makes us mad. So you could ask yourself uh, questions like, wait, W-A-I-T, why am I talking? Uh, did I need to say this? I mean, uh, let's say uh, your wife is driving, and you know that she should do this or that. That is in your head. And so you tell her. And she might say, I've got this, honey. <laughs> well, in my case, what I do is I just play like I'm sleeping. I was on a vacation in L.A. one time, and I had my wife, a daughter, and a friend of hers. And we were going down this eight-lane highway, four on each side, maybe it was ten, I don't know. And each one of them are giving me directions, different directions. So finally, and it is true, I had to actually stop. And, and turn around and say, uh, I'm driving. Uh, if one of you has uh, directions to share, share it now. Because when I start up again, I don't want any more of this, you know, peanut gallery driving business. Now, I don't know what I actually said. It was kind of like that. My wife's here, so she could she could tell you truly, you know. But uh, I'm just saying that, that, that ask yourself reflective questions. Do I need to say this? Do I need to say this now? Would it be better left unsaid? If you've already said it, could you have said it in a better way? Maybe she could be right. No. Not possible. Well, you can say, well, maybe she's partially right. Or, or, or maybe you could say, you know, to yourself, you know, may, maybe I'm wrong. No, that's not possible that I can be wrong. Anyway, here's the statistics about anger. 23% confess having hit someone in anger. 17% people admit they have destroyed the property of someone who made them mad. Severe violence is a chronic feature of 13% of all marriages, generally 35 Violent incidents occur before any tape of a any type of report is made. Every 23 seconds, someone is a victim of a violent crime, such as murder, robbery, assault, rape. Adolescents represent 12% of the population, but 39% of all violent crime. 1,300,000 women are victims of physical abuse every year. And in 2009, approximately 3.3 million children were abused. Actually, had reports that were filed that they were abused. So anger is a problem when it is too frequent, too intense, lasts too long. Anger is the most dangerous of human emotions and can lead to aggression in relationships at home and at work. So, what does James say? Be quick to hear, help me out, slow to speak, and slow to anger. 
because the anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. I close with this story. There was a little boy who had a bad temper. His father gave him a bag of nails and told him that every time he lost his temper, he must hammer a nail into the back of the fence, of the fence in the backyard. The first day, the boy had driven 37 nails into the fence over the next few weeks. As he learned to control his anger, the number of nails hammered daily gradually dwindled down. He discovered it was easier to hold his temper than to drive those nails into the fence. Finally, the day came when the boy didn't lose his temper at all. He told his father about it, and the father suggested that the boy go now and pull out one nail for every day that he was able to hold his temper. The days passed, and the young boy was finally able to tell his father that all the nails were gone. The father took his son by the hand and led him to the fence, and he said, You have done well, my son, but look at the holes in the fence. The fence will never be the same. When you say things in anger, they leave a scar just like this one. You can put a knife in a man and draw it out. It won't matter how many times you say, I'm sorry. The wound is still there. The little boy then understood how powerful his words were. He looked up to his father and he said, I hope you can forgive me, father, for the holes I have put in you. The father said, of course I can. Is there anyone you need to apologize to? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your love and mercy. I thank you for the wisdom of your word. In Christ's name, amen.